It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Cavalry Audio. I'm Clint Emerson, and welcome to season two of Can You Survive This Podcast, where the interview is just as dangerous as the scenarios I put my guests through. From hostage situations to natural disasters, carjackings, active shooters, and more, if you're looking for the skills necessary to survive these situations, then this is the show for you. Today I have hockey playing, airplane flying, country rocking, upcoming, starring Corey Marks. And I just want to say thank you ahead of time for taking the time out and coming on board where the interviews are just as dangerous as the scenario I'm going to be putting you through. So are you ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? All right. So my producers, you just met them. They uh, they do a good job putting together what they call a target package. Okay. And they send it in the mail to me. So I'm going to go ahead and open it up here. What they do is they have like 12 NSA girls that dig the, through the internet and find the worst things we can find about you. And then we ask and see if it's true. I'm just kidding. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you want to admit to ahead of time? <laughs> Now I'm an open book. Let's rock and roll. All right. That's probably the best way to go. It keeps you out of trouble or in trouble, whichever one you prefer. That's all good. All right. So kicking it off, obviously, your up-and-coming country rock star. I got to say, the first place I heard you, I was driving cross-country more than a year ago, and I was up in Nebraska, just missed a tornado that had happened in the middle of the night there while I was driving cross-country, and I was on a radio station, country, and they started talking about you, right? And I kind of, I don't keep up with music. I'm not like all in with it. I just like good music, right? And so yeah. they're talking about you and how, man, this guy got lucky. He gets to sing with all these guys. And obviously they were referring to outlaws and outsiders and how you had the opportunity to sing. Obviously, Ivan is kind of a, we have like six degrees to Kevin Bacon with him because Zoltan, this is five finger death punch, by the way, I'm talking yeah. about. Ivan's the lead singer for and Corey had the opportunity of uh so how was that I mean tell me give me the lowdown on recording with those guys and it was it kind of a nerve-wracking event would you have called it a crisis before you walked into the door did you throw up have diarrhea anything cool 
No, nothing like that, man. It was just really exciting. I wrote the song back in 2015. I was out on a, a tour called Outlaws and Outsiders, and I thought it'd be a great kind of hook. And so I started writing that also based on how I was feeling here up in Canada with a Canadian country radio kind of thinking I'm a little too heavy for for their poppy shit or whatever. I'll <laughs> <laughs> joke aside. I was just kind of where I was in time and I had this idea. So when I went down to Vegas to write and record with my producer, Kevin Churko and his son, Kane Churko, Kane works with Papa Roach. Kevin's work, worked with Ozzy Osbourne, Shania Twain, and five did all these last, I don't know how many records of Five Finger Death Punch. So it was a cool little circle. That song, you know, was the first single. It was the song that my label now was 11.7, but now Better Noise Music really loved and uh, thought that should be my first single. Ivan Moody from Five Finger Death Punch. And of me, of me, of course, being on the same label, that was a bit of a an easy <laughs> put together. So cool. And especially with Kevin, Kevin and Ivan being such good friends. They just, I just got a phone call one night. I was actually FaceTime, got a FaceTime at like 1230 my time here. And it was Kevin Cherko. But when I answered the phone, it was Ivan Moody. And he was like, what's up, dude? We just, we just crushed the vocals for the song <laughs> Outlaws and Outsiders. I'm like, fuck, I didn't even know he was going to be on the track yet. So that was Kevin's way of like being surprised, you know? So I shot the shit with him. Just a really cool down to earth guy. And I love the song. Love what I'm about. So that was a really cool, it was really cool to find out he was going to be on it. And I, wasn't, I don't think it was more than a week later I found out Travis Tripp was going to be on the track as well. I was down at the CMAs. Yeah, I guess this is 2019 or something. It's hard to keep count out with this COVID shit. I met up with Travis at the CMAs in Nashville, and uh, he brought me in at the, the Blackbird studio. And just to get to watch a country music legend like him sing my song was pretty incredible. Oh. And again, just a super humble, kind guy. And the coolest thing of all is he passed me the torch that Waylon Jennings passed him of keeping country music alive. And, you know, it doesn't have to be outlaw country, but just some good honky tonk and rock and country music. And so that was a true honor. Then I, Kevin sent me a mix that Mick Mars wanted to do the solo. So it kind of all came together as a great group of people. And I'm just super thankful for all of them. And they're all a bunch of cool guys. So it's really nice to work with them. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of my favorites. And I told you that the day I heard it. I mean, I hit you up, I think, on social. I was like, dude, this relates. This, the work, the lyrics in that song relate to every single one of my buddies, right? And if you haven't listened to Outlaws and Outsiders by Corey Marks, go listen to it right now. And if you're a troublemaker growing <laughs> up or you've somehow survived some crazy events in your life and you're still standing here, it's the song for you. Now, what is your favorite line? What would you say your favorite line or lyric out of that song is, or that you relate to the most? You know, there's one part, you know, I'll, I'll stand tall when there's hell to pay, I think is a good one. Yeah. But the line I wanted Ivan to sing of the second, the second verse of, I was a crazy ass kid and all the shit I did. I'm amazed I'm still alive. It's probably, probably my go-to. Yeah. <laughs> That is, man. That, that, I, that, that's the one that gets me too, especially when Ivan's just screaming it into the microphone. Hell yeah. Yeah. He, he crushed yeah. it, man. Damn. And I, I thought those so cool. lines were so fitting both for Ivan and Travis. They yeah. thought I'd change with a little bit of age, but you know, I never will. Like, I don't know. It just, it just worked <laughs> out perfect, man. <laughs> 
It is. It's, I, I tell you, when I first heard, I was like, I felt like I had heard that song a hundred times before, you know, it resonates. It's like, you sit there and you go, there's no way this is a new song. Like, I felt like I already knew that song. That's how good it was, you know? And when you're driving cross country and it's midnight and there's a tornado out the uh, passenger side window there, you definitely uh, (laughs) enjoy it even more. You need more than a Red Bull to pick you up to get the hell out of there, right? That's right, man. So cool. (laughs) All right. So now you're getting, you're on this path of being this country rock star. You've got this awesome way of taking that hard hitting stomp of rock and roll and combining it with that country and I'm guessing you've played at an event or two by now, right? How many events have you done? Well, you know what? Technically, since that song's come out, I had over 100 dates worldwide, about 50 between Breaking Benjamin, their tour, and then some dates with Alice Cooper. And then up here in Canada, I was scheduled for 20 plus dates with Gord Bamford on the hashtag Redneck Tour, which was a lot of fun. And then, there, you know, amongst festivals and stuff too. So technically since the release of this music and album i only got to perform i think my last show where it was my show headlining was in las vegas uh, i forget the bar it's a, it's a country saloon but played there and that was i believe yeah just before going out with gore bamford and we did our first two shows of about 20 on that tour and COVID happened and oh, okay. pack up and go home so i've i've been basically just doing my thing since then so only three shows since that that but uh, i've crossed canada several times i've played broadway in nashville you know for for five six years when i would come down and there and get up and shoot some tequila jack whatever the hell it is and and sing some songs or get behind the kit and back the band up so played hundreds of shows but since covid you know it's been yeah it's been down huh so what would you say you know this is obviously having you play in uh different different venues kind of going down the path of this podcast with surviving all kinds of crazy situations. Have there been any epic brawls or bar fights that uh, you've been involved in or maybe started and gone back to your old hockey days? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> What's the best one you got? Yeah, The best one I got that I'll always remember is I played this bar in my hometown, North Bay, Ontario. It's three hours North of uh, Toronto. And you know, it's where I got my start it was a place called the Fox and the fiddle. And it only holds about, I mean, the cap is like 120, maybe. It's a good pub, but, you know, we'd always manage to squeeze about 150 in there. And I'd pack that yeah. all night. Because I, I would play it about three times a month. And the cool thing is, is that it was, I always say it was only a short crawl away from my mom and dad's. But just on the other side. <laughs> but the cool thing about that is, you know, we had, I was playing this show and it was, it was after two o'clock. So the, it was technically closed and. My dad was actually one of my first drummers, but after I got my band put together, dad pops would come out and we usually play on a Thursday. So he'd have to go to work at 6 a.m. Friday morning and it didn't always go so well, especially with mom. So one particular <laughs> night, yeah, it, the, they were short staffed and I was actually just finishing a uh, chicken fried. It was kind of like, this is the last song. This is it. And I see these guys, they, they came in about 15 minutes too late. 20 minutes too late and they they were just being dicks you know and I could tell the manager was kind of screaming and trying to figure shit out or whatever and at this point there's only maybe 20 people if that in a bar my dad being one of them so what happens is I'm I'm mid-song we're about to go into the, the guitar solo and I see him kind of shove the waitress the girl 
I'm like, fuck, they don't have bounces or anything. I said, nah, you know what? I've had about 26 shots of Jack and tequila and a couple of beers. <laughs> I was playing it. So I went over and, and what happens then after he shoved that girl, he grabbed this guy that was kind of cheering all night, this smaller guy. And he's, he's a bigger dude. And so what happened is he grabbed them and they they were going at it, but it was done. I mean, this guy was on top of him and I just kind of went to pull him off. Like you guys got to leave. You guys got to leave. And then he swung. So I had to take care of that. And it was kind of funny because then his buddy jumped in and then so did my dad, <laughs> which was awesome. <laughs> but one of those guys managed to grab a hold of my hair and they wouldn't let go. So then, you know what? I had him down, but he wouldn't let go of my hair. So of course I, I had to start throwing knees and he let go. And I, I get my dad in there. My dad gives him a couple shots and I hear, let go of his fucking hair. <laughs> <laughs> All in all, it was funny. I threw him over a couple of tables uh, and then other people kind of dragged him out and he wanted to go again outside in the parking lot, but he was, he was all done up. I, I was like, no, nah, man, we'll, we'll do this another day. And I think that was that is awesome. one of many, but it was a cool, it was a cool experience. It was just, you know, and I've, I've seen the guy after it was a couple months after he saw me in another bar and I thought, shit. And I was the DD that, and he's looking at me from across the bar. I'm like, no way. I'm in, I'm here with my girlfriend at the time and my buddy. And then I go to walk by, just kind of, Hey man, how are you? And he stops me, goes, you know who I am? I said, no, I know exactly who you are, but we're not doing this tonight. I wanted him to do it. So it was a quick two shot throw down, got him on the ground. And he literally got up and said, all right, man, you kicked my ass twice. I'm over. I'm going to buy you a beer. It's done. And I've seen him around town a little bit. I mean, this was eight years ago, mind you, but I've seen him around town and it's just like, you know, it's all good. It's kind of like a, like a hockey game. You scrap on the ice and then yeah. once the game's over, it's, it stays on the ice. This is Clint Emerson, host of Can You Survive This Podcast? If you're enjoying the show, go check out our archives. Our episode with Rob O'Neill, the SEAL credited with killing Osama bin Laden. More with hockey playing, airplane flying, badass Corey Marks after the break. That is awesome. There's a couple of things I draw from that. Number one, most most dudes, when they turn 21 and have a beer with their dad, that's like the big checkbox, but you actually fought with your dad. Yeah. That is uh that is cool. And then on top of that, you have this guy who probably here within the next year or so, if not already, is going. Yeah, I got my ass kicked by Corey Marks. <laughs> like, that's a huge check in the box for that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Management don't be doing that shit anymore, even though I find a lot of joy in it. But yeah, you always end up being the bad guy no matter what. No doubt. We have a saying, seals never win in court for that same exact reason, right? Every, every medal on your chest and the trident gets used against you. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I'm actually kind of curious. I thought all the Cowboys were in Alberta. So, you know, I find it interesting that uh, you're up in Ontario there. So is there, is it, is it pretty even dispersed as far as country music and, you know, that lifestyle and the music that it represents or are you kind of an anomaly? Well, you know what? Yeah. Alberta, I would say is definitely kind of cow country, I guess. Yeah. That's kind of probably like Texas of Canada type thing. Right. That's what I've, that's what I've heard. I mean, a lot of beef out there, but we, we have a lot too, like, especially up North, like where my mom's from a town called Earlton. And that's kind of where all my music came from. And my upbringing was, you know, we'd go there all the time and the acoustic guitars and fiddle and, and everyone works on the ranch has cattle and, and whatever. But if you go more South towards Toronto, it's a lot of 
the fruits and veggies and, and those kinds of farms, different kinds of farms, but we're really, we're really sprawled out, but there's still, you know, there, then there's other places like, like Havelock and these smaller towns that are, are a lot like those small town, you know, USA. Yeah. These guys take shit and it's, it is what it is. They have a lifestyle and that, and that's, that's how they roll, you know? So I'm kind of in the middle of all that. This was a big military town, so not really farm farming, but where I live now in Sturgeon, 30 miles west of North Bay, there's a lot of, lot of land and, and cattle and all that stuff out there. So it's, I think it's pretty, pretty even maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. you have your stereotypical Texas and Alberta, but the reality is like, you can go up there, you know, if you, are you watching Yellowstone, the series? Not yet. That's probably going to be our next is, is Yellowstone. Cause I keep hearing people talk about it and I'm a big fan of Kevin Koshner. So yeah. I heard great. Yeah. And it, you know, it's taking place up there in Montana. So, I mean, you know, you, you obviously there's lots of places where country music, especially country rock is, is listened to every day. It's not just specific to Alberta or Texas. Now I know kind of switching gears and switching over to your hockey world. I think people would be surprised that the national sport of Canada is not hockey. Did you know that? Was it basketball? <laughs> <laughs> it's lacrosse. lacrosse. Like, yeah, and hockey comes in second, which I would have never guessed. So knowing that, you know, what, you're 6'1", 220, or is that is that right? Yeah, you know, with COVID, I got a little bit of those COVID pounds. So I, uh, more like <laughs> I'm trying to get back down to 220. That's why I've been running so much. Nice. Well, going back to your hockey days, sounds like the guys dug up some information on it. You were pretty damn good. <laughs> Was there an option at some point to go pro or, you know, I know you, you played in college, right? Yeah. I, well, actually, when I, I started later, my brother's an NHL draft pick. And I mean, he still plays professional now. He's, he was uh, drafted to Columbus in 2007. And, you know, he played in the AHL for about five years and, and done all that, played in Europe, all that stuff. And he's still playing. He left home at, you know, he was barely 16. But I was more into like, you know, I love planes. I love drumming and just kind of having a good time. I wasn't really focused on one thing. So I didn't really get into hockey seriously until, you know, I was 18. So I played for a, a junior hockey team close to home because I was done high school. So I was like, you know, what the hell am I going to do? So I talked to my brother and he's like, well, go, fuck, go play hockey for a couple of years and maybe you can play college or, you know, what, or get up, get a pro gig. So my first, barely halfway through my first season, I was actually scouted and had an opportunity to go. It was, the paper wasn't in hand, but that was the offer they were talking to me. It was a full ride to Ohio State University. And I had one question and that was, if I go, if you guys are that interested, do I have to write the SAT? They said, yes. So I said, no. <laughs> and, <laughs> so I just, I mean, I was 18. And I, I just out of high school. I was so glad to be over with tests and everything. And, but it kind of worked out for me. I mean, I played two years junior in my, my last year. I was scouted by RMC, the Royal Military College of Canada. And I thought, well, shit, since I was 10 years old, all I want to do is be a fighter pilot. So maybe this is my opportunity, get an education, get paid to do it fly jets or planes in the summer and then five years down the road at 24 25 you know maybe i'm flying a, an f-18 or something it's kind of i had those opportunities so i had some people talk to me about like going to italy or europe for for hockey and stuff too but you know once i was done my junior career and it didn't work out at rmc i just picked up a guitar and 
kind of never looked back really. So I'm kind of, I see the shape my brother's in now. I mean, I'm still hurting with the bad back and knees and my hands are slowing down now because of all the helmets I punched, but I'm kind of glad it went the way it did, but I'm, I'm sure with hockey or like any sport, even though, I mean, you could be a number one draft pick and just by a fluke, you get injured and that's that. Right. So I'm not really sure if there was a, an opportunity for me, I mean, to go further like my brothers do, yeah. or maybe I wouldn't be able to, I don't know, but here I am. <laughs> yeah. I th- I would say, okay, so let's, let's review this, you know? Yeah. A hockey player, you just got your pilot's license. I know I saw that on uh, social and gave you a good congrats. I got mine back probably 20 years ago and heck just once you get to that 10 hour mark and you do your solo, that's, that's the most exciting day out of the whole, whole thing. So yeah, hockey player, pilot, and then yeah, country rock star. Yeah, I think you picked the right path. At least that's my take. So on that country rock star part, when going down the lane of perversion, what is the craziest chick story you've got for me? Like, I know you've had some, because in my little world, I get some crazy women coming around. So I got to assume you've got some going on. Do you have a good story for me? Let's just get that out there. I got a, I got a great lady now, so she's not going to hear this. We, I won't, always, we won't play it to her. I always every <laughs> man. <laughs> God, I got too many, man. I can't even think of one off the top of my head right now. Crazy chicks. Yeah. Or whoa, you know, is there the craziest thing they've ever done? You know, like left dirty underwear on your doorknobs or something in your hotel room. I mean, what do you got? You got to have something. Just sick, disgusting. <laughs> oh my God. I don't even think I can talk about it on the show, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, yeah, we won't make you think too hard. That's yeah. okay. Let's just, but uh, if you come up with one, let me know. Let's just say I'm my own kind of cowboy. So I did whatever, whenever. <laughs> All right. So then anchoring to the pilot world, I'm assuming you got your pilot's license and take airplanes because you wanted to join the Mile High Club or have you already done that? I haven't quite done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> got like half second base on an airplane? Let's just say that I've I've gotten to, you know, half mile. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's all right. I like that. That's perfect. Yeah. The main goal was just uh, my love and passion for flight. And my dream is because I can't do it now with, with a military jet is being able to get something, you know, a little wild enough so I can take dad vertically and, and give him a nice five or six G pole and see how yeah you always love seeing that in the air show so and of course flying show to show i think is pretty badass so that's something i want to do but not your typical cessna i want to get my friend has a yak 52 a russian plane and oh yeah we loop and roll on that all summer and we just redid the whole cockpit for that so i'm going to get some hours and check out on that eventually this summer and we might get a secondary one and do some aerobatics and formation stuff so that's kind of like where my head's at with that stuff yeah That'll be a good time, man. Yeah, those are those yaks are God, they can do all kinds of stuff. And you look at like the age on those airframes, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they're new planes or any kind of new piece of technology. No, they're all uh, this one's from I believe it's 86. It's you know, pulley system. It's nothing fancy, it's pretty basic, but yeah, tough, right? And she's good for seven plus G's and five negatives. So you can pretty much what you want i mean it's got a 360 horsepower engine too so it it does what you want 
Yeah, that's awesome. I've been keeping it simple, just looking at Cessna 410s, and that's just to kind of just cruise around, you know, you throw some friends, your dogs or whoever, kids, and, and go from point to point, you know, none of that crazy stuff. I'm over that. <laughs> <laughs> this is Clint Emerson, host of Can You Survive This Podcast? If you're enjoying the show, please check out my 100 Deadly Skill book series on Amazon or wherever you buy books. More with musician Corey Marks after the break. All right. So as you know, okay, so the interview wasn't that bad, right? That wasn't too bad. That's good. Yeah, we're going to roll into a scenario. All right. So the scenario, we try to tailor a little bit to what you could potentially face. And the intent is, is listeners, me, you, we all get to learn from one another. But I will tell you, some of these answers that they put together are pretty close. One, you know, they both could be right, but the reality is, is there's only one right one. It's the one we say is right. That's so, right. it's a lot like yeah. a pilot test. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's either right or wrong, and the right is always my answer, not yours, right? <laughs> right. Okay. So, let's get this going. Let me see here. All right. So, your hypothetical survival scenario. You're on tour, all right? Well, you're not now, but you're on tour and you're on the East Coast of the US. After a great show, you go out for a few drinks, right? After a fun night out and about, the Uber drops you off in front of your hotel. The Uber drives away. You gotta keep track of some of these facts, all right? All right. After you stumble towards the entrance, a late model Oldsmobile that's an American kind of old school car. I don't even think they make anymore. Yeah, my dad used to. Yeah, I used to have one growing up. <laughs> but late model, American made car is the key takeaway here. A guy hops out of the passenger seat. He grabs you from behind and tries to force you into the trunk. <laughs> All right. You resist getting in, but then the driver realizes, whoa, this dude is big. And so, first question. Do you fight like hell until you're unconscious? That's A, right? Or B, do you roll over and say, okay, okay, you guys got me, and allow them to restrain you with the zip ties that they have in their back pocket? So fight like hell until you're unconscious, or give in and let them put the zip ties on you? A, always A. A? All right. Well, so there is a point system to this that I should cover. <laughs> it's 10 questions. You got to get to 100 points, right, in order to survive the podcast. But A is your final answer? Yeah. Yeah? All right. Well, the explanation for B is sometimes you have to give in to your assailants, right, in order to maintain consciousness so that you can escape in a later date. The last thing you wanna do is get knocked out and then thrown into the trunk, and now you lose all control of the situation. So there are situations where you might wanna just give in, knowing that it's temporary and you're tricking the bad guys. You know, you're kind of taking control by letting them think they have control. Make sense? Totally. All right, okay, but so. I didn't realize that was like a those Bruce Willis movies and all that shit, that's that's what happens. He gives up, gets tied up, and then he gets out later. Without a doubt, yeah. All right, and all then, right. you know, and, and, and hey, and you know, I could see you fighting until you're knocked unconscious, which I think every, uh, well, I would say young-blooded Canadian would do, right? Every young-blooded male American certainly should be doing that. But there are times when you're outgunned, outnumbered, 
That's a point where you temporarily surrender so that you can escape at a later moment. All right. Okay. Now, so now you find yourself zip tied. You're in the trunk and the vehicle is moving. All right. So do you, A, try to kick the trunk open or do you try to kick out the brake lights? Remember, it's an older model vehicle. I mean, I'd always want to get out. I feel like I'd want to get out, but if you kick out the brake lights, then, then no one sees you. So maybe someone runs into you and then you can get out then. I would say... Uh, yes, kind of a, it's a tough one. I'm going to say it's an older model. I'd say kick to get, get out of the trunk. Okay. Now, once again, you know, kicking <laughs> out the brake lights right now on a newer model car, you can't even kick out the brake lights, right? The whole frame is right there. And all there is is a couple of wires coming through. So it's kind of out of the question, older model, easy day. Cause when you kick it out, it leaves a big gaping hole that you can stick your arm out of and get people's attention. Right? So that's kind of number one. Number two, you being as big as you are, you're not even gonna have room to pull your legs back and try and kick upward and get that trunk open, right? It yeah. would be hard for a kid to do that because once you're in there and you try to get on your back and literally pull your knees to your ears and then try to kick upward, there's just not enough space to pull it off. But once again, I love your energy. You're gonna try and uh, yeah, <laughs> kick your way out of it, I love it. So you're still zip tied, hands behind your back, and you notice a greasy rag, a bobby pin, a can of compressed air, right? The kind you clean your keyboards with, right? In the trunk with you. Maybe you can use this stuff later, so keep that in mind, all right? A bobby pin, a can of compressed air, the kind you clean your keyboards with, and a greasy rag. Okay, so the car slows to a stop and the assailants get up. You hear them greet a dog. Get down, boy, get down. Then their voices fade. You got these zip ties, right? You gotta get them off, all right? So, easy question, I hope. A, do you roll to your side or do you roll over onto your stomach in order to start to get out of your zip ties? I roll on my stomach. Roll on your stomach? No, no, I'm, I'm trying to, oh, like, if yeah, 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 yeah. back, those zip ties, well, if I roll to my side, I feel that you probably try to get it on something where I can cut them. So there that's, you go. Yeah, that's you're definitely going down the right path. So this is going to stress the importance of maintaining good physical readiness, right? Getting in shape, maintaining flexibility and mobility, right? And I'm sure you, like me, my shoulders don't move very far anymore, but rolling onto your side and repositioning yourself, if your hands are on or behind your back, allows you to pull your wrists past your butt, right? Once they're past your butt, now you can pull them to behind your knees. Once they're behind your knees, now you can draw your knees up all the way to your chest. And then bring now, right, now you bring them up around your feet. And now you've got your hands in front of you. All right, does that make sense? Yeah. So yes, you got the right answer, good job. With your wrists in front of you now, you have a better chance at defeating them. So next, do you try and bite through your zip ties? Or B, use one of the objects you saw in the trunk and try and defeat them. What object could you use? How big's the rag? Handkerchief size. 
handkerchief. You got size. a bobby pin, you got compressed air, and you got a dirty old greasy rag. <sighs> I know. Survival's a bitch, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's I didn't I didn't get my, my hands on no, that. No, 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 yeah, that's they're they're still restrained. And the choice is you bite through them or you use one of the other objects to get yourself out of them. And it's just a standard zip tie? Standard zip ties. It's two of them. Both of them were kind of interlocked together, one on one wrist, one on the other. I'd bite, I'd bite through the, if it's just plastic, I'd bite, bite through. through it. You know, it's not a wrong answer. Like I said, some of these are pretty close and it makes it tough for the decision-making process. But well, let me give you the answer. So biting through is not wrong, but some of those zip ties are really thick and it would be really difficult and time consuming is the key here. Yep. You know, we're trying to get away as soon as possible, but a bobby pin, if you straighten it out a little bit, right? And then bobby pins have that little plastic piece on the end, right? You strip yep. that away. Now you have a metal shim and that shim can go in between the ratchet and the interlocking teeth of yep. what essentially is a very plastic restraint device, right? So you're putting that metal, you're shoving it in between the interlocking part and now it it'll slide right out and you're free okay right. so bobby bobby pins are awesome like you can carry them globally you can have them everywhere and they will get you out of trouble more times than not both with your restraints like zip ties but they'll also get you out of handcuffs and you can also yeah. because it's metal you can use it to perforate duct tape if duct tape was used on you all right uh, now that your hands are free do you a kick and push ferociously the trunk lid all right or the car seats that and try to get out or take a moment to assess see if there are any other objects you can use to help your escape out of the trunk i would look for another object yes good answer now kicking the seats we already decided there's probably not enough space to ramp up a bunch of energy but it can be done yeah. it all depends on you and the size of the trunk and then trying to kick the lid, we know that one. Trying to kick the seats, it works, but on older model cars, very difficult. Newer model cars, you can kick those seats right down, right? Because they're kind of built to go down anyway. Taking a moment to assess, right? With your hands free, you could assess. Older model car has those car has a spare tire and a car jack. And it's not just old. The old car jacks are a real car jack, right? So you can put that thing down in front of you, start cranking it, and it will pop the trunk once you get to the height, right? Right. And you can just bust that thing open, and now success. You have just popped it open, and now you are free, okay? So do you A, run like hell, or B, take some of the objects with you, because you may need them to continue the rest of your escape? B. <laughs> yeah, now you're on it. You're getting the, now you're getting the game here, right? So yes, while the quickest escape is important, you may need some items because you're not home free just yet. So you take the can of air and you begin to sneak away. All right, we're on the home stretch here. All right, rough, rough, motherfucker. Okay, that dog that uh, you heard the assailants encounter is now encountering you vigorously. <laughs> so do you A, throw the can of air at the dog and run, or B, turn the can over and spray it in the muzzle and freeze its nose? And I'm a dog lover, but I gotta survive, so I, 
I would spray it in the face. That's right. It is a non-lethal way. So where that trick comes from is your FBI surreptitious entry teams when they're going and trying to sneak into a target. And this was mostly during the eras of the mob, right? In Chicago and New York. Yep. And every place they went had these ferocious dogs. So they would pick the lock, open the door, and then there would just be nothing but teeth sitting there, right? right. So they learned over time that if you just freeze their nose real quick, it's nothing permanent. It's not going to hurt the dog. They would freeze the dog's nose and it would run away and stay away. And then they would come back every night after that and the dogs wouldn't even bother coming to the door. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, who would have thought that uh, compressed air would be such a great self-defense tool? All right, so you neutralize the dog and you take off running. As you run around the corner, you run straight into one of the assailants pointing a gun at your chest. Do you, A, kick him in the balls, or B, pivot and trap the gun with your hands? When you pivot and trap the gun, you're gonna pull it away from your body, right? Right. That's what I would do. That's a good choice. Because you kick him in the balls, he's still got the gun and can shoot you in the back, no matter how much pain he's in, right? So when the gun is trapped, now you can, I would say there's gonna be maybe a struggle, but if you do it quickly, yeah. you can really disarm someone really quick. So do you A, yank forward and strip the gun away, or B, control and drive the barrel towards the enemy's chest? Now this is a momentum game. You can drive it towards them, right? Take advantage of their struggle and use it to your advantage, or you can yank it towards you. Drive it towards them, the wrist can pop back there, right? Right. So it kind of lets go of the gun. You're getting there, yeah. But if you pull, yeah, I would, I would push it back towards them. Right, right. drive into them. Yeah. Exactly. You're gonna, once you have control of that pistol, you're gonna drive it up and to, into them, taking big steps, right? Now you're putting them off balance and at the same time you're gaining control of that weapon, which leads into the next piece. Now that you have the weapon and you command him onto his knees, do you A, take two steps and hard punch the enemy in the chin, ensuring a knockout, or you just slowly back away, keeping the attacker at gunpoint, and once you're at least 10 yards away, turn and run to safety. See that? It's a tough one. Yeah, because I feel that you don't want to shoot because then you make noise, but if you knock him out, chances are he's going to be out for longer than you have to get away. I would knock him out. Yeah, I like that answer. You know, there's no real right or wrong on that one. It's really the situation's going to dictate. So if you, and, and, and on top of that, if you have the gun, you can muzzle strike them. And I, I'll tell you right now, a muzzle strike to the face is almost, if not lethal sometimes, right? You crack the skull, they're out for good. So I would muzzle strike, break contact, and disappear into the dark. Yep. All right. We got to tally some points here. I'm looking at, really, how do you, how do you feel? You feel like you did okay? Let's see here. I think I did great. <laughs> <laughs> you would have kicked their ass from the very beginning and never got captured. Yeah, so you got, looks like 10 points there. Looks like you got a 70 out of 100, which is still passing here in America. I don't know about up there in Canada. <laughs> well, the past 60, so I'll take a 70. Yeah, awesome, man. So, uh, you know, some things learned out of all this, right, especially post-COVID and as we kind of start to recover, people have been cooped up, which has increased 
substance abuse, it's increased mental health issues, it's definitely increased relationship issues, which is why this year, 2021, here in at least the United States, we have already hit record mass shooting records. We're already at 100 plus mass shootings right now. So, you know, these scenarios, people would say, well, it'll never happen to me or it's highly unlikely. But I would say here post-COVID, people need to be a little more aware, a little more alert thoughtful. Yeah. And making sure they're paying attention to their environments a little more and maybe even go out and, you know, take some training here and there. Are, are you currently involved in anything that kind of self-defense related or, or have ever? No, because of COVID, but you know, this is going back a couple of years. I, I was taking kickboxing and then I got into like some karate stuff and self-defense stuff. A good friend of mine, his dad or his uncle, sorry, runs that course. And so he, he also trains like the cops and stuff here. So those are the yeah. guys you want to learn from, right? Right. I think having some good hand-to-hand stuff, obviously pulling your head out of your devices is probably a good idea. Yep. You know, and in these different situations, especially if you're you, like you, you know, you're down the path of being a big star, you really got to start watching out even more so, right? And uh, do you have a security team or even looking at that kind of stuff yet? Or Actually, how's that work for when you? When my brother uh, finishes hot, my brother's a bigger guy, he's 6'3, 240, but <laughs> call him the big frig. So we joke about starting the big, big frig security for. And it'd be for me and, and other concerts and stuff when I'm not on the road. I got a lot of big friends that done that. And they're always, obviously, the, the guys are always, when you, when you security, give me a call. But they've also, we've watched you handle yourself very nicely for, for the past years at all these bars growing up. So they're not too worried about it. But obviously, like to have someone take care of that. Unless yeah, paid some good money for it. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're, you know, you've got to, you've got to maintain certain aspects in order to continue doing your career, right? Yeah, I mean, totally. you need your hands, you need your voice, you need your jaw. You don't want to put any of that stuff at risk, right? No, exactly. <laughs> so. I mean, again, unless Conor McGregor wants to fight a country rock star, then uh, maybe, maybe that route and I'll a few mil. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, just get a, get a big lump sum check and call it a day, right? All good. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, hey, uh, let's take a moment. Let's talk about and tell me about the next songs you've got coming out. What what are we looking for in the future? Where can people find you to listen to your music or learn more about you and start following you and stalk you? Let us know. Give us all give us all you got. So I, I do have a new single coming out very soon. I'll just I'll just put it out with you guys now. It's a song called Blame It on the Devil. I'm sure you probably heard it already, but this is going to be a new version of it. Uh, it's a rock version that features Tyler Conley of Theory of a Dead Man and also Jason Hook, who plays guitar or who, who did play guitar for Five Finger Death Punch and wrote a lot of nice. one hits. So it's Blame It on the Devil, but on steroids, you know, so it sounds really cool. That comes out April 30th. And I've been down down to Vegas and L.A. working on some new stuff, too. So. I'm hoping to have some new music out by summer or early fall. And of course, you can look at my website, CoreyMarks.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And that's all my handles at Corey Marks Music. And I'm on there every day. So that's that's my way of keeping in touch with people right now and the fans. So it's all on there. So if you follow me on Instagram at Corey Marks Music, you can get a lot of info there too. 
Awesome, man. Well, hey, I want to say thank you for your time. Thank you for coming on board here and uh, putting up with me for, you know, an hour or so. <laughs> I'll be looking forward to the new version because I already listened to that song. When, I mean, like if I'm on my Indian and I'm riding right through the back back roads of Texas here, it's it's yeah. definitely you playing and it's uh, it's awesome music to ride to. Yeah, appreciate your time. Thank you. Good luck with everything you got going on. And you heard it. You can go find Corey Marks on all social platforms. You can download his music everywhere you get your music. And uh, I highly recommend Corey Marks. He's got a lot more coming, but what he's already got out is so damn good. So go check him out. All right, Corey, thank you. Thanks for coming. Yeah, we'll log out. All right, Clint. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Be safe out there. You too, buddy. Cheers, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Can You Survive This Podcast is a production of Calvary Audio and iHeartMedia. Recorded live from a secure location here in Dallas, Texas. Produced by Brandon Morgan, Jeff Apple, and Clint Emerson. Executive produced by Keegan Rosenberger and Dana Brunetti. For Calvary Audio, I'm Clint Emerson.